Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of NBA DFS Today. I am your host Keith Cork and I am on the mend here from a sore throat. Sorry about the last, um, I don't know, four or five days. Uh, starting to get my energy and my throat back, <clears throat> which is good for podcasting, obviously. But we are here to talk about, not my throat, we're here to talk about... Uh, a two-game Thursday slate, very light work here, uh, and I'm hopefully going to give, hopefully going to give you some insights in some guys that you're maybe not looking at just yet. Of course, I can you know suggest that you play Mikael Bridges, but that's not very exciting. And also, um, everybody knows he's good at basketball at this point. So hopefully, we can get ahead of the curve on some of these guys. And uh, yeah, let's jump right into it. I know um, this Brooklyn Miami game here. Has a four-point spread, last I checked. Uh, I believe that's in favor of the Heat. It is four points in favor of the Heat. Uh, just about, I think it's 4.5 some places, but mostly four points. 217.5 is the game total. Uh, and this, compared to the other game, it is a lower game total, obviously. I and mean, we've got the Warriors and the Thunder. And then we've got the Brooklyn Nets and the Miami Heat. I will say that the second later game is by far the more preferable uh, fantasy DFS target. Let's see, I end up with one, two, three, four, five players in this early game, though. And I end up with three in the later game. And, uh, I'm sorry, four. No. Wow. Cannot do math. Five in the early game and four in the later game. Which is, you know, a pretty even split there. I'm pretty happy with what I have early on here. Um, but, of course, we do have some stuff we'll have to keep an eye on. And uh, I just start thinking as people are ruled in, ruled out, and all that good stuff. But Brooklyn Nets at Miami Heat, yeah, I do think it's going to be a bit of a defensive slog. I would bet the under here in this game if I was going to bet this game. I think 217.5 is low enough, though. I'm not really interested in that number. Um, but some guys that are sticking out to me in, in, just based on how, what they're priced at here. Uh, I mean, Lonnie Walker at 5,700. I know he's had a couple of uh, you know rough games in a row. But he was really coming through for this team um, before that. He had 38.25 DK points in just 20 minutes back on the 10th of November. So that was just about a week ago. A couple of very quiet lines, just five points, uh, real-life points a couple games ago. Uh, just 11 last game. He ended up with 19.5 DK points in the last one, 10.5 the one before that. But um, I think if they're going to you know, stand a chance of, of sticking in this game with the Miami Heat, um, someone like Lonnie Walker is going to have to step up for them. Uh, no Cam Thomas, no Ben Simmons. We're going to expect a lot of Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal, who I think people are going to roster a whole heck of a lot. And, you know, that's fine. I've, I've got no issues with that. Probably the um, Dorian Finney-Smiths more so than the uh, Royce O'Neals, I think, just because of pricing. Uh, well, actually, Dorian Finney-Smith is a little bit more expensive, so maybe I have that flipped around. And then Dennis Smith Jr. at 4,700 is another guy that people are going to flock to. And I can't blame them. Uh, 20.75 or more DK points in three straight games. And it's have been kind of held in check is my only concern there with Dennis Smith Jr. And uh, I've been burned by him plenty of times before. So let me just throw that out there as well. Uh, I'm not super duper into Dennis Smith Jr. I probably will fade him and he'll probably have relatively high ownership probably somewhere in the like 20 to 25 percent range i mean it's a two-game slate so everyone's going to be owned um i don't see people overlooking uh 
Dennis Smith Jr. or Dorian Finney-Smith or Royce O'Neal. But Lonnie Walker is someone I'm definitely looking at. Uh, here's another guy I think is just a lock for everybody, whether you're aware of him or not. Cam Johnson, Cameron Johnson at 5,900. Uh, you know, all we need is that shot to continue to fall for him, and he's going to put up some pretty darn big fantasy lines here. 36.25 DK points that last one. He did shoot 7-11 from the field in 29 minutes. Uh, three or seven from beyond the arc. So obviously a good shooting game. Um, you know, there's no reason to believe that you can't have two of those in a row. I know it's always the inclination to say, well, he just had a big game. He probably won't again. Not this time around. Um, but he struggled for several games in a row there. Um, just kind of out of the gate and just kind of recovering from that. Um, I believe it was a, was it a knee injury or a hip injury? I can't remember exactly what it was. He was doing a calf injury. Sorry, calf injury. Uh, he was dealing with and um, starting to look more healthy. Yeah, starting to look healthier. And, and they're really going to need his offense without Cam Thomas. They really are. So, well, a guy that's kind of sticking out to me as well that might go overlooked just because he's priced up is Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, his scoring will also be important. Just had a really big game also. Uh, had several very not-so-good games before that. So, you know, I think it's very hit-or-miss type play there. Uh, I am much more comfortable with Cam Johnson, especially in cash games. All right, let's move to the other side of the ball to Miami. And, of course, the big news there is Tyler Hero is still out, um, going to be out for a while. I'm not super interested in Kyle Lowry at 5,600. Can he have a nice game? Sure. Can he have a big game? Yeah, sure. He's he's already done that. But I just I don't believe that's going to be consistent enough for us to rely on it. I'm just, I'd rather play some of the guys. Uh, I'm not on Josh Richardson at 4,800, which I think I, is probably going to surprise a lot of people <laughs> since I'm always touting that guy. Uh, I think he's a fine play. Um, you know, 4,800, I don't think, you know, you're not asking for a whole lot there. He did struggle to shoot the ball in the last one. 33 minutes in a start at point guard. And it was against the Charlotte Hornets. I was actually obviously expecting a lot more. Here we get the Brooklyn Nets, who are also a very tough defensive team. Um, lots of length there. So I don't think, you know, Josh Richardson has as much of a um, advantage as he does in some other matchups. So... Uh, six assists in that last game, which is nice to see. But, but yeah, I just don't I don't know if I can trust um, him there. Uh, and, and here's the thing with the Heat is that they're getting Caleb Martin back, which I think a lot of people won't realize, which I think does hurt guys like Richardson. It hurts, you know, Haywood Highsmith. It hurts uh, Jaime Jaquez Jr. Uh, it hurts all those kind of, um, you know, wing guys that are getting minutes right now. Um, one of them is probably still going to retain their value. I just don't know exactly which one. If I had to guess, I'd probably say Josh Richardson because he does play, again, the point guard position. I don't believe in Kyle Lowry being a, a full-time solution there for the Heat at the point guard position. So, um, you know, I think Richardson's the one guy I, I'd be okay going with. I think the other guys, Highsmith and, and Jacquez, you know, they're they're probably going to cede some time here to Caleb Martin. I don't know how much time Caleb Martin gets. He was out for quite a while. Um, but, you know, assuming he gets somewhere in the 15 to 18-minute range, uh, those, those minutes are coming directly from those guys, so I uh, don't think I can necessarily go there. Um, Drew Smith is an interesting fella at 4,300. Um, only got three minutes in the last game, but before that he was you know, having some nice, decent enough games. Um, I don't know if I can trust it. If we get some news that he's going to be in, in the rotation, then then sure. I just, I just don't have anything in front of me that says that. Uh, another guy that's sticking out to me as well on the Heat that's, um, you know, an interesting guy. I don't have enough faith to put it on my lineup, but that's Kevin Love at 3,700. And we've seen big, you know, games from this guy before. 
But the question is, you know, when does that happen? And, and honestly, I don't know. It, it just happens whenever they kind of feel like giving him the minutes. Um, and here against Brooklyn, I mean, this this is a, a play a play in game. I think that's important to note here. Um, oh wait, no, sorry. This is this is not. That's Fridays. My bad. Scratch that from the record. This is not. A, <laughs> it's not even a playing. It'd be an in season tournament game, but it's not. It's not that. So never mind. Scratch that. Um, but yeah, I do think Kevin Love uh, could see some minutes here. Um, and if he does at 3,700, he would have my interest for sure. All right, on the other side of the ball, or on the other game here, we've got the OKC Thunder and Golden State Warriors. I already gave the total there, but I'll give it to you again. 226.5 is what I'm seeing on DraftKings right now. Minus 3 in favor of the Thunder. I went ahead and bet the minus 2.5 on DraftKings, so I've gone ahead and got some closing line value there already. But I think that's insane. I think, you know, the Warriors without Steph Curry and without Draymond Green, um, two of their key pieces. I mean, that leaves, you know, obviously Chris Paul and, and, and Clay Thompson are still very decent players. But there's no reason the Thunder should only be favored by two or three points. Um, I think even minus three, I'm probably still betting that. Um, the Thunder are a very, very good basketball team. I don't know if that's news to you or you need to hear it here first, but uh, there you go. <laughs> um, Shea Gildas Alexander, uh, incredible. Um, Chet Holmgren has, Holmgren has been incredible as well. Uh, Lou Dort's a fantastic role player for them. I love it. Um, Josh Giddy, um, you know, has had his ups and downs, but he's a very decent player as well. Uh, and then Jalen Williams, a very high in him as well. I mean, they've just got so much size and ability to score. Um, yeah, I, I really don't think the Warriors should be favored. Uh, or, uh, you know, minus three is is, uh, is still too low of a spread here uh, against the Warriors without Steph Curry specifically, but Draymond Green as well. That that hurts as well. Anyways, let's talk about DFS. Um, yeah, there's definitely some people here that I do like uh, on the OKC side. Well, here's what I'll say. I didn't end up with any... Well, I ended up with one guy in OKC. Um, and I think what I'll do is I'll, I'll hit the Warriors and explain why I came back with this guy. Uh, OKC, I think you get. I mean, uh, this is probably the least compelling team on the slate because I really don't see guys that are sticking out to me as being you know worth their price tags. I think the OKC guys are pretty pretty priced up at this point. I don't mind knowing the Shigilzis Alexander here if you think it's going to be a close one. They're going to need him. Um, you know, Giddy, I think is a nice little pivot, 7,000. He's, he's a nice little price there, but I'm, I'm not in love with it or anything like that. Jalen Williams, I think a lot of people will roster for the very stupid and simple fact that you see the 24th opponent rank against that position at power forward, uh, on DraftKings and it's green and you're going, they're going to say, Oh gosh, this is a good matchup, a good game for him. So, um, just that ownership piece makes me not want to go there. Uh, can he have a big game? Sure. I think that's absolutely possible, but I, I don't know if that's probable. I'm not. You know, trying to um, say that's definitely going to happen. And then the guys at the end of the bench, I mean, I just don't, you know, they're not going to get into the game enough to really matter uh, on OKC. So, um, you know, Kenrich Williams, uh, Jalen Williams, I like these players as, as end of bench guys, but, um, you know, Jalen did get 18 minutes in the last game, but it's just it's just not enough um, to really give us any um, any kind of reason to pause on them. And I don't see anybody else. I mean, Pogoshevsky's down here at 3,000. He's not even in the rotation anymore. Um, no reason to, to get him. Uh, Ujman Ding uh, should be back here, but he ha- also has not really been playing. So, you know, I don't think um, there's really anybody on the Thunder that I view as a, a good play in a bubble, in a vacuum. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, get the DFS pass $5 a month and hang with me, and I'm sure my, my mind will change. 
uh, as we get closer to tip, and I'll, I'll probably side another guy in there. There is one guy, though, that interests me, and I'll talk about him after I talk about the Warriors. But, of course, the Warriors, let's talk about it. No Steph Curry, no Draymond Green. I'm going to get a healthy dose of Chris Paul. Um, and, you know, I, he just didn't do a whole lot in the last one. I did roster him. I think he was 6,100. His price has jumped 600 more. And I just don't I don't love what I saw. Um, I don't love the matchup here. I think um, you know, it's an easy game for Chris Paul to just kind of sit back and you know rest on his laurels. I, I really don't see him giving SGA the business right now at this point in his career. Um, as sad as that may seem. Uh, and you've got no, you know, on offense especially, it's it's the problem where Chris Paul's just not at this point in his career, not the offensively explosive player that he was, you know, six, seven, eight, five, six, seven, eight years ago. And his shot has never been super consistent, I don't believe. I mean someone correct me if I'm wrong there, but I know definitely following him over the last three years. That shot has been that three point shot's been really hit or miss, and um, you know his involvement in passing the ball and getting assists on the offense also was um, pretty perplexing last game. I, I think they'll they'll fix that, and he'll be more of a, a facilitator here. Um, but I just don't I don't love the matchup. I really don't. So I'm I'm not on Chris Paul, but I am on several uh, Warriors. So don't worry, don't you fret. It's not like I'm not I'm fading everybody. I can't do that. Um, but there are several guys that are sticking out to me here. There is, um, you know, gosh, I wish I could say Andrew Wiggins, but he's just been so dreadful. I can't, I can't bring myself to go there. There's no way. Um, Gary Payton, the second is jumping out to me here. He got 16 minutes in the last one, 14.25 DK points. He's 3,700. Uh, jumping out to me because he could be, um, they could just stick him. You know, if you want to beat a good team and you're not a good, good team because you're missing guys or whatever, you know, maybe, maybe you go with a gimmick and you stick like Gary Payton on, uh, you know, SGA for um, Shaquille Alexander for like, you know, what all, all the minutes, like 35 minutes or something like that, and just have him chase him around all game. Uh, he is a pretty solid defender, especially on ball. So, you know, that's a guy that interests me in like a large field GPP. Maybe maybe it's something that, you know, he, he pans out and has a whole bunch of minutes. And in that case, he would definitely blow away that $3,700 price tag. Uh, and he's getting back in the swing of things, you know, still recovering from injuries. So, uh, I'm almost talking myself into sliding into my lineup here. Um, but no, let's talk about some of the other guys that I actually do have my dummy lineup here just to start. Um, and I'm going to butcher this game. Pods is his name. Uh, Brandon Podjemski. Podjemski, I think is how you say the last name. I apologize if that's incorrect. Um, I meant to look that up before I got on. And I will do it right now so that you know we can correct the record here. Uh, Podjemski. Sorry, Podjemski. Brandon Podjemski. Uh, is the dude here at 4,600 that I am looking at with no Steph Curry. Um, obviously just had a big game, 9 of 18 from the field, 41.25 DK points. But the price tag is just, uh, it's jumped 1,600, but it hasn't jumped enough uh, to scare me away from the 30 minute, minutes that he played last game in the very, you know, crucial role. And let's let's face it, if this ends up being, you know, the OKC Thunder come out and just really pop them and go up 20 points, um, who do you think is going to be in the game? you know, in a blowout loss. Um, it's going to be Pajemski? Hmm. Pajemski. <laughs> it's going to be Pajemski. Uh, so I do view him as a very solid play. I think he's probably going to be as close to a lock as possible. Um, so really Cam Johnson and then Pajemski uh, are really the two. And then the third lock for me, honestly, is Dario Sarge. He's 5,200 now. Um, he's 
qualifies for the center position, which is great on this slate. I mean, if you want to play Bam out of bio, um, that's great and all. Um, I don't, you know, Claxton, I guess, is a nice, uh, you know, pivot. No one's really going to own him, I don't think. But then you've got Kavon Looney. For some reason, Dorian Finney-Smith um, qualifies as a center. Kevin Love, I mentioned. Those are your options, and none of them are super attractive. Uh, Dario Sarge is very attractive. I love Dario Sarge. Look at, look at this guy's face. I'm looking at his stupid face. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, Dario. <laughs> on, on DraftKings and talking about how handsome or good-looking he is, and it's just it's cracking me up. Anyways, 32 minutes in that last one, and uh, you know, no dream on green is definitely a huge boost for him because I do feel like, again, I've said this all season, he fits a very specific role on the offense that Draymond Green also fills with the ability to distribute from the power forward position. Um, but not only that, but there's no Steph Curry either. They're going to need his offensive creation out there. So 36.5 DK points in the last one. I think you can pretty much chalk him up for a similar production here. He was 6 of 15 from the field. Uh, Dario's never been a super efficient scorer. So, you know, those 15 shot attempts is we want to get to that number again. If he ends up hitting four or 15, he ends up hitting eight or 15. Um, as long as we get to that number, I think we're going to be pretty happy with the results either way, because he will put together some boards some assists, um, and hopefully some defensive stats. You can't really count on those with him, but, um, but the boards were pretty low last game as well. So I, you know, I do think, I do think, you know, he ended up with 36.5 DK points. He's going to probably end up somewhere in the 35 range. I want to say as a floor. I mean, I really do. So there you go. And of course, let's not, uh, oh, I skipped over a Miami guy I should probably talk about. Sorry. Uh, let's go. We'll go back to that in a minute here. But let's talk about Clay Thompson. Uh, Clay Thompson at 6,600. Um, ejected from the last game, obviously, within the first what minute and a half. Uh, that was a tough, tough go for him. He's been struggling from the field mightily. Um, 5 of 16 the last two games before that uh, ejection. He was 0 of 1 in that late game, of course. He only had one shot attempt. 5 of 12 the game before that. You know, we're definitely looking for a bounce back game here from Clay, and we need some scoring. And so it's a dangerous play. Um, I think the floor is actually pretty low here, honestly. Um, he's grabbing some boards, but he's not really doing a whole heck of a lot else. Not really getting steals or assists. So, um, it's all dependent on scoring. We need to get like 25 to 30 D, uh, actual real life points from Clay, which they're going to need if they're going to stay in this game. So if you want to play and stack this game, I do think Clay Thompson needs to be in your lineup. Uh, 6,600 is not super expensive. Um, obviously no stuff. He should have easily 20 plus shots. And, you know, if we can count on 20-plus shots, um, you know, hopefully we can also count on, like, a 30 DK point floor. And the ceiling is, is, is enormous. I mean, if his shot is falling, if he gets 20 shots and he hits 12 of them, and, you know, a lot of them are going to be threes anyways, so, uh, you know, he hits five, six threes, you're really talking about a nice line for a guy that's only 6,600 on a two-game slate, especially when, when the pickings are pretty slim, so... Um, let's talk about who I'm going to run it back with, and I'm going to uh, kind of jump back and talk about a Miami guy I, I kind of glossed over. So I apologize about that. Chet Holmgren at 7,500, excuse me, is a guy that I am certainly looking at, um, you know, with the Warriors being so bad or not so good against um, anyone that's got any kind of length, really, but specifically against people that play the center position, which is what Chet's playing, um, you know, his ability to block shots. 
against a guy like Adario Sarge, who's going to have a lot of usage. I love just thinking about that because, you know, hopefully he ends up with five or six blocks in this, which I don't think is super far-fetched. Um, you know, he's had a seven-block game on game two of the season. He had a four-block game uh, against Detroit on the 30th of uh, October. So, you know, I don't think, you know, having that many blocks is out of the question here or whatever you want to call them. Let's say let's say five or six defensive stats. I'll tell you how many games he's gotten five defensive stats. One, two, three, four. Uh, so four games so far this season. Uh, and I think he's probably in line for another one here. But it's really all about, you know, he's going to be able to grab a few more boards uh, without the Golden State Warriors really having a big body there. There's no Kevon Looney. Obviously, um, they don't have James Wiseman anymore. So um, I really do think he's going to have, you know, he's he's going to be the biggest guy on the floor for a lot of the time. And so he should be able to grab some extra boards. The scoring um, wasn't there in the last one, but he's been pretty efficient all season um, before that last one. A couple of duds here and there, but even so, uh, we can pretty much count on him to, you know, hit nearly half his shots. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, how many shots is he going to get? And he's been pretty consistent there, too. 10 to 12 shots the last four games. He had 14 before that. 9, 14, 5, 12, 9, 7. So, you know, it hasn't been wildly up and down. Um, but I do think as long as he gets, you know, 10 shots here and hits five of them um, and gets those five or six blocks we're hoping for and gets double-digit boards, he hits that double-double for us, then we're talking about a really good play here. So 7,500 for Chet Holmgren. Uh, I do like that one a whole heck of a lot. All right, guys, that is going to do it for us. That is our show. I am, of course, Keith Cork. You can find me on Twitter at, at EthosKeith. I'm sorry I talked so long on a two-game slate and kind of covered every single person, basically. But, uh, oh, I forgot to jump back and talk about that Miami Heat guy. I'm sorry. Uh, it's Duncan Robinson, 5,800. I think he's a decent play as well. Obviously, this feels a little bit like chasing his ball because he's you know, had two big games. But the shot attempts are there. They're absolutely there. Um, and while they're there, we have to play them. So, uh, Keith Quirk, follow me on Twitter, at EthosKeith. Uh, until next time, guys, hey, go get that money. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.